When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network, a family of Auburn athletics podcast, brought to you by the Auburn Baptist Campus Ministries, serving Auburn students since 1961, and also the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. I'm your host, AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King to break down the A-Day of 2018. Ben, how you doing? You know what? I am very stoked that Auburn won this past weekend. Oh, the joke goes on. <laughs> no, I'm great. It was uh, it was fun going down there, uh, eating all the good places. Good to see you as well and Kyle just hanging out. Uh, it was a rainy day, and let's blame the sloppiness of the game on that because otherwise it's depressing, but the defense was awesome. Defense was stellar. We'll get into that more later. But yeah, meeting up with uh, Ben and Kyle, uh, we met and got some Mike and Ed's even. Oh yeah, um, which was a good tradition. Uh, Big trash can of sweet tea. Days. Yeah, they're and delicious. I, I I introduced my girlfriend to it for the first time, and she was blown away. I mean, the your first instinct anytime you hear sweet tea out of a trash can <laughs> usually isn't good, but I said, you got to trust me. Like, it's clean. Like, it's good. You just got to try it. And sure enough, she she loved her, the sweet tea. Where's um, that? Sweet tea and hickory. It's a fantastic place to go and get yeah the hickory. You got to do the do you do you ever do what is it the chopped? Uh, for I have the not actually. I always do the pulled pork. Okay. I, yeah. I do the pulled pork. I always get the child's plate. In fact, the child's plate when I was in school was three fifty. And I would get it so often that they raised the price on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they personally raised it f- like just for you. I don't know if it was for me or if they realized that people were just getting it, but I I came in every single week and got the same thing every single week, and I always got the <laughs> child's plate. They're like, this guy's eating us out of house and home. So yeah, and barbecue is not cheap to make. I, like you you're probably eating. <laughs> I don't know if it was me that was the reason they did it, but I feel like it was. It might have been, <laughs> man. Still um, at four fifty nine, it's a steal. Oh, it's a it's a great steal. Um, yeah, we we ended up just like walking around campus and enjoying some some time, even though it was drizzling pretty much all before the game. Uh, it was good to see both of them. Um, even though it's kind of weird, like it took going all the way to Auburn, and yet we both live. I know in we Atlanta. all live in Atlanta. What's wrong with us? Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, Ben. Ben, what was your overall impressions of this uh, A Day? Uh, do you think we uh, showed what we have, or is there still a lot left to be proven uh, for the 2018 season? Uh, I don't think we showed all of our cards, but I think we know we have a stacked deck. So, in that, uh, I was fairly happy. I wish we had seen a little bit better passing production from the second string and third string. It 
honestly, and I, I know they were limited and they couldn't run and whatnot in their dual threat quarterbacks, but when it's a spring game and the pressure is not as high as it is as like a regular game, and you've had a few scrimmages already, you should be able to connect at least on a few pretty solid passes. I I want to say at halftime we had like 50 yards passing, if that. Probably yeah, less. That. Yeah. And that's I mean, just... I think it, as a whole, between Malik and Gatewood, we only had 45 yards the whole scrimmage. 45. That's sad. Yeah. That's that's really sad. And, like, yeah. the second, the true second string or whatever it is, the the blue team, they had negative five yards at halftime. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, gosh, I really hope we don't lose any more starters and that they do not get re-injured during the actual fall season. Yeah. Because we're in a, a world of hurt. Like, yeah. We have a ton of talent. They just need to be developed. So, yeah. Uh, stacked the deck. Did not show all our cards. Still, it was a great experience. I was, I was happy to see the defense be awesome. Yeah. Defense was incredible. And you got to see, I mean, there's, there was the hype of what we knew was about to come mm-hmm. with the, the, I want to, we're just going to call him the baby Carlson for right now, but he sure wasn't a baby. He was knocking through uh 50 plus yarders, 54 yarder. I think even. Yeah. The um, longest one, which is incredible. Like, I don't yeah. care when that is. I think I want to say he was like warming up before the game and kicked a, uh, it might've been a 60 yarder. Just wow. Just out of the blue. Just why not? Wow. So, He's on his way to ma- making that record. I want it to yeah. happen. Um, yeah, we, we've got that consistency, consistency of defense. The big question marks right now, how are our wide receivers going to respond? Because I didn't see a whole bunch out of them. Um, and you can probably chalk that up to Malik and Joey Gatewood both not being very effective in the past game. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. Um that that's the only part that I'm just like, I this is not gonna be good. Well, I, and then also offensive line, holy crap, how many sacks did we have? I don't, I think I lost count of how yeah, many. Yeah, just times. a ton. Well, that's what happens when most of your offensive line is injured and your first string quarterback is injured and half your wide receivers are injured and your one returning running back from the year prior who had any type of real position within the team uh, is also injured. So. That I I uh I'm fine with kind of how it turned out. At the same time, it would have been nice to to see a little bit better production from one of the quarterbacks. But I did see this stat. Uh, do you remember Cam Newton's spring game? Were you there? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, Cam Newton when he had his spring game did not play much, and he went three for eight for wow. like fifteen yards or something like that. So, you know, spring games are not as telling as they can be. Yeah, that's pretty crazy to think. You had Cam Newton who went three for eight in the A-Day and goes on and wins the Heisman in the exact same season. There's a lot, and maybe we're sounding down, but and it is spring ball. It's spring ball. It's practice. There's still more guys to even come that haven't graduated that will be on this team that we're going to see. There's... Lots of other things that are going to happen in the next six months before the football season ramps up. Um, and that that's the the good light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it's just we we were you – you get let down when you expect a Gus Malzahn or Chip Lindsey offense to be moving the ball down the field. And there's really only maybe two, three tops drives the whole practice where you saw the ball being moved down the field like a – like you would expect out of a quick offense and fast offense like Auburn yeah, usually has. Um, what do you think of the quarterback situation with Malik Willis and Joey Gatewood? I know it's subpar. Um, what was your analysis? Let's go with Malik Willis at the beginning. Um, eight for 20 uh, for only 45 yards. He ran the ball seven times for 11 yards. He probably could have gotten a lot more yards than just 11 if – he was actually live and they didn't blow the whistle. Um, what did you think of Malik's play uh, in 8 Uh He kept throwing the ball really high. Uh, he 
he's definitely a dynamic dual threat player. He doesn't have quite the long ball that I kind of expected him to at this point, which is fine. Uh, I feel like the reason he had a lower percentage rate was because he was always looking for the bomb that he could throw and didn't necessarily look for the the easy catch downfield. He still has a tendency to throw the ball out to the flats or throw it deep, which that's not necessarily what we need to get a drive going. But he did put together a couple of them, and uh, as long as he continues to build his confidence, then I'm solid for him. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I what mean, do you mine, think? Uh, my analysis was pretty similar to yours. Like he, he seemed to, even on shorter passes, throw it where the wide receiver would have to like reach up or sometimes even jump up to grab the ball. And maybe that's just like a tweak of his throwing technique um, that you change that and get it to where he's hitting the guys in the chest. Um, other than that, I mean, Malik is going to be a special guy when it comes to running. And th- there was even one time I'm pretty sure if he had been live, he would have gone all the way for like a 40 yard um, yep, run. I remember that. And, and he was even, very upset that they blew the whistle because there was yeah. no one around him. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got, I mean, you've got that aspect and even for this a day, both the quarterbacks were told don't run the ball, like hand the ball off all the time. I mean, that's a wise thing to do. keeps the guys, um, out of harm's way. If you do end up running it, I mean, inadvertent hits may cause the, the quarterback to get injured. You don't want that. Um, I like that makes sense to me. It's just that's why the defense seemed to prove to be so much better because they could almost guarantee it's either going to be the running back or they're going to pass the ball. Um, like that's really the only two options. And when the RPO doesn't really allow for the quarterback to run the ball, it makes the defense's job that much easier. Um, so like that from that aspect, I do see the quarterbacks and their potential to be so much higher than uh, what we saw in a day. Uh, what what was your thoughts on uh, Joey Gatewood? Um, he he is not nearly what everybody was talking him up to be. It was even funny. I think uh, somebody noted I didn't watch it on TV, but uh, the commentators within the first pass that Joey Gatewood had, um, they were already making comparisons to him to Cam Newton. And yeah, <laughs> Gus made that comparison when I think he uh, on signing day, um, but. Should we really should we stop that Cam Newton comparison? I mean, there's only ever going to be one Cam Newton, or is this a, or, or should it still continue? Should we continue like what we did with Jeremy Johnson, thinking he's the next Cam Newton? We now think Jer- uh, Joey Gatewood is the next Cam Newton. Does it put too much pressure on? Um, what do you think on, on the Cam Newton situation uh, in regards to comparisons? So I think it's interesting. Uh, we're always going to say like the next Bo or the next Cam. And that shouldn't give as much pressure as I think some people take it as. But in Joey Gatewood's defense, he's a early enrollee. He should still be in high school. And he was playing against the first-string defense. And our defenses, they are stacked. Yeah. Like, those guys are like sharks in the water. <laughs> and the ball is bloody, and they're going after it. Yeah. So, he... He had very little time to make any type of movement. And one of the things that if you watch any tape from Joey is he's very good at, you know, moving up into the pocket and moving around the pressure. And he just didn't have that opportunity because anytime someone got near him, he, the ball was blown dead. Yeah. So I'll give him that. His passes were uh, a little erratic at times. So that was not good. But when you're you know, facing probably one of the best defenses in the SEC again this year, which is which is just amazing. Like, Kevin Steele needs to take his hat off and take a bow because <laughs> yeah. we continue to churn through some of the most talented players on defense, on the team, in the SEC, in the nation. And he just keeps loading it back up and developing these guys into being great players. It And the thing is, is like, we have a few players that are also injured there, so... Like, mm-hmm. and even some that got incredible. injured on, on in the scrimmage yeah unfortunately still did really well yeah um yeah that's that's the thing that I, I i i think kevin still has done a fantastic job and that makes it tough when you're having people like joey gatewood compared to our number one um 
our number one defense. Yep. Um, I mean, likely it could be the number one in the nation this next year. I mean, almost guaranteed to be in the top 10 um, with how good we've been. And we've got the same coaching staff pretty much for the, for our defense. They you're look really be, good. Like, you're going to be, you're going to be fine on defense. Yep. Um, and that's, that's where the four and 14 for only for zero yards of Joey Gatewood <laughs> is really attributed to. There was a lot of times where Joey would pass the ball um, and it would be like a fifth or sixth string or like a second or third string uh, wide receiver having to block one of our DBs. And (laughs) the DBs are like, hey, I'm just going to shove you off and get to the guy that has the ball um, on screens or whatever the, the situation. Like it seemed like they were just slicing and dicing our offense. Like there was no way for a, Joey, even if, I mean, I think he'd have a better chance if he was playing the second team. But, man, it just looked really bad um, for Gatewood. Um, and, and I don't think that's a, a, anything against him. It's just when you're playing guys that are more talented than you, that's just what's going to happen. Um, I wouldn't even say more talented, but just better developed and uh, even more tenured for a lot of the guys. Yeah, that's fair. So, and then also one of the things for Gatewood is he was playing with like second string offensive line, which mm-hmm. right now is like <laughs> third and fourth string and like walk on. <laughs> yeah. So his protection was pretty subpar. Yeah. So no offense and, and, to any of those guys. They're, you know, doing the same type of work as everyone else on the team. But yeah, when you have so many injuries on the offensive line as we've had in the spring, which is like four or five, mm-hmm. then... It, that's just that's just difficult when you have no protection. Yep. Um, what did you think of the other quarterbacks that ended up playing? We had Devin Adams, um, walk on, and then Will Appleton is a redshirt freshman. Um, both play. What What did you think of both of them? Uh, Devin Adams, he didn't do too much. Uh, he has pretty cool hair though. I'll give him that. Yeah. And uh, he was actually one of the players that walked up and like flipped the coin or whatever at the beginning. Oh, that was really okay. interesting. Hmm. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Cause we were thinking it was, uh, it was Willis, but he had 16 on and I was like, who's 16? Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh wow. Hmm. So it's kind of okay. cool. What, what was your impression? I didn't even see Will Appleton. Um, so Devin Adams, he, I mean, my dad even noted, he was like, so what's what's the deal with, like, Devin Adams? He looked really confident in the pocket. I think he even made a few passes, um, like, in the third quarter of the scrimmage. And my dad was like, so what, what's the issue with him? Like, why isn't he uh, in more of the talks? Like, he looked like a solid quarterback. Like, he was making more passes than, or, or at least for the, the ratio that he was passing. Like, he was completing more than what Malik and Joey were. Um, I, I was like, I don't know. Like maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's something in his head. Like he just can't get the offense. He's not there. Um, I don't know. Um, but t- during the scrimmage, he seemed to be completely fine. Um, and then Will Appleton, redshirt freshman. Um, he, he's a little white guy. I think he's like six foot. Um, he, he looks like Sean White and he had the, uh, energy that we saw out of Sean White, like really quick, shifty guy. Um, I don't know, just, and he even had like a decent arm. He completed like a really long 46-yard pass to Marquise McLean. Um, that honestly is the play of the whole scrimmage. That was uh, that was the play where he threw the ball up, and it was a good pass. Um, and if uh, Marquise had actually fielded the, the pass cleanly, he could have just brought it down. But he ended up tipping the ball a little bit, and then Marquise fell on the ground, and the ball came into him, uh, and he caught the ball uh, on the ground, <laughs> which was still incredible um, for him to make that and to keep his focus on the ball. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of interesting to see. There's like we, we probably didn't even have – I didn't even know who Will Appleton was before the, the scrimmage. Like hadn't heard anything about him. Um, so that, that was good to see that – we've got some younger guys, even if they're not going to get any playtime like Devin Adams or Will Appleton in the next season, uh, they're, they're ready to go if they need to. 
Um, as far as the running back situation, I mean, the big talk has always been what's, what's going to be, or who's going to be our number one and number two running backs. Uh, CJ Tolbert was the most valuable player, our offensive player of the game. Um, he, he definitely proved that even as a walk-on, he, he's pretty darn good. Um, what did you, like, the talk with CJ, like, it seems like he could be, like, the dark horse of the running back situation. Like, we haven't talked about him at all. Do you think he could squeak his way in and almost be like a Cameron Petway? I know there's some, it could be like that, but, again, he is a, a walk-on, and we really haven't seen much of him in the past. Do you think that's a possibility for him to be um, a bigger player in this next season? Have you ever heard of the player in the pros named Mike Tolbert? Yeah. He used to play for the Chargers, then he played for the Panthers. Yeah. I had him as a fantasy quarterback or uh, running back, and he actually won me a couple games. That guy was that guy was awesome. He came out of nowhere as well. And honestly, CJ Tolbert reminds me a little bit of him because he's he's more like stocky and he can run through some people like he did on Saturday because he was able to break some tackles and then run down for, I think he had one of the longest plays on the day. Yeah, it was the longest. And, uh, yeah, it was the 79-yard run. Was it that long? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. So definitely think that he could, but I was I actually asked Kyle that. I was like, oh, look at Tolbert. He's, he's pretty solid. And Kyle was like, yeah, that's probably Tolbert's only touchdown, but then I guess Tolbert got another touchdown in the game, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he ended up having two. We had to get back and, and get our dogs, so I left at the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I still think that uh, Asa Martin is going to be our number one, and honestly, Booby was amazing. Yeah. He, he really impressed me as far as running goes, but, you know, Cam Martin's up in there, Tolbert could easily be number four since Devin Barrett supposedly supposed to be a wide receiver now, even though he played running back through most of the game and did very well. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you actually think he's going to be like a, maybe a running back? Uh, uh, what would you call it? Burst on the scene and just take over? Uh, like the more I, I looked at him, and, and yeah, it's a spring game, so like you can't take it for you can't take that. I don't know. You're not playing against a number one um, or a top defense. Like you're, you're playing against your own team. Like uh, that's the only part that it kind of gets me. I don't know if you put him in a real game scenario, if he would be that good, but from like a physical perspective, he almost looked like a slightly, maybe like five, 10 pounds lighter Cameron Petway. And from that aspect, I thought, Hmm, this guy could, He's quick. I mean, he he was in a foot race against some DBs and almost beat them out. Um, like he's got faster speed than what Cameron Petway had. That's true. Um, so like that that aspect made me think, hey, like he he could be a good running back, and for him to be the number one running back, maybe. But there's so much young talent with Asa Martin, Charvius um, Bowie Whitlow, um, and even. You had other guys that that we're gonna have like Cam Martin that's gonna be back. Um, for Tolbert to be that much higher than everybody else and take over a majority of the runs, I don't foresee it right now. But maybe you give him a few opportunities and he proves himself in the first couple games of the season. Sure, let's let's give him even more more carries um, and see what he does with it. Um, Okay, you said you really liked Booby. Like, what? Why? Why did you think he did well in this game? I just feel like anytime he got the ball, he would, uh, you know, make a play, regardless of if it was going up the middle and then breaking some tackles for like an eight-yard run, or if it was running around the side and then bouncing off a player, bouncing off another player, making a loop all the way around the field and getting back up for a few yards. Yeah, which was probably one of the more exciting plays of the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, it was. He's just a baller, man. That that that's one of those. You're like, oh crap! Like, don't do that. I know you can probably <laughs> do it in high school, but you're somebody's gonna get a 
crack back block and somebody's going to injured. Like that's, that's all that's running through my head in a spring game like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you could tell he could bounce out of pretty much any situation. Um, and from that perspective, that's what carry on was really good at. He would make a good first read bounce out of something and go find that hole. And I saw that instinct that, uh, Booby had, um, one of the things that I did really like um, about Asa Martin was it looked like he had pretty decent hands. I mean, even one time it was not a great pass by, I can't remember which quarterback it was, but it was a pass and Asa was just going out for like a flare out after he faked off the hand handoff to him. And he pretty much jumped up, turned around 180, um, grabbed the ball out of midair with one hand um, and then came down and, I think he got maybe a yard or two, um, but that just showed me he's he's got really good hands. We can use him a lot out of the backfield. Yep, one-handed catch was where he like tucked it and ran. That was incredible. Yeah, um, one of the things to keep an eye out, uh, and Gus has said this is who's going to be the running back for the next season is going to be somebody that they can rely on in pass coverage. So keep an eye out for how how these guys are going to develop as uh, pass protectors. That's going to be key in this next season um, for these guys um, and who's going to become that main uh, running back. Not only can you run it, but can you, can you uh, stand in and uh, take on an, a lineman or a, a linebacker um, that's blitzing. Um, one of the guys that uh, I – I saw, and I he kind of stood out to me, and the absence of Eli Stove was Cedric Chambers, or Cedric Chambers. Um, he was used multiple times in the speed sweep, which Eli Stove did a whole bunch of last season. Uh, I, I could see him in the next season being that speed sweep guy. Um, he's very quick, agile. Um, he That's a fun position to be at for an Auburn football player. Um, you get a lot of opportunities to turn it upfield and make big plays. Um, so that, that might be our speed sweep guy. Uh, I, I will as, take your Cedric Chambers and raise you a Devin Barrett. Ooh, you think Devin Barrett will be it? Yeah. Cause I mean, okay. he, he still did a number of, you know, take the handoff and run type plays in mm-hmm. the spring game and moving to wide receiver. That'd be perfect for him. Cause he'd be out there already and then just run around. Cause I Maybe. feel like, if you put Cedric Chambers out there, you have a running back out in a wide receiver position. It's it's almost like a dead giveaway type deal. Yeah, Devin true. Barrett being a versatile player, yeah, could work out well for him too. Yeah, you pointed out Devin Barrett. I mean, I I think that's another possibility because how, what did we use Devin Barrett last season mostly? Pass game. Uh, yep. If you almost transition him to be more of a wide receiver, where you put him out uh, and then every once in a while bring them across the field and speed sweep situations. That could be a good decoy. I like it. So that's another good option for the speed sweep. Uh, as far as fullbacks, we didn't have Chandler, Chandler Cox. Um, nothing was wrong with him. Um, he's played for Auburn for the past three years, wasn't injured or anything, but just didn't play because we pretty much know what we're going to get with Chandler Cox and we didn't want to risk him getting injured. Uh, we did see Spencer Nye, um, he's a junior fullback, uh, number 99, and he uh, he he looked pretty decent. He looks like a Chandler Cox build, um, got in there a few times, um, seemed to have pretty good instincts as far as where to go and which guys to block. He even on one of the touchdown runs, got in there and um, pushed the guys, um, pushed the defensive line um, back a little bit, and so it produced the, the touchdown. Um, so... Maybe if we need him, we can always use um, some backups. Um, I think that brings up a good topic of we're developing a lot of these guys. Um, If you remember from last season, one of our biggest gripes, especially when it came to running backs, because we used so much of carry on last season, was developing the younger guys Um, like Cam Martin now. Um, Cam got some playtime, but I mean, could have been significantly more. What are you seeing, Gus? Is be a little bit more uh, conducive to being willing to get these these younger guys 
um, get get them ready and for when they actually need to come in and play. Yeah, definitely. And part of it may be a necessity at this point because of all the injuries. But another part of it, I think, is just a true revelation that we need to have the next guy up ready to go and the next guy after him and the next guy after him. And it only improves the team if they can all grow together instead of having these wide uh, you know, differences between the abilities of the players. It's been really good to see that we have multiple very competent running backs, very competent wide receivers. Uh, even, I know there were a couple, like, other fullbacks in there, but uh, number 47, John Samuel Schechner, Shen- Schenker, he's a tight end. I saw him in there, and he did some Jay Prosh-like blocks. I don't know if you noticed nice. him. And I was like, wow, where's this guy from? Yeah. And uh, it's cool being able to, I know it's the spring and everything, and we can read into it whatever we will, but I definitely see a lot of the players getting involved that, probably wouldn't usually be playing and even the spring games from previous Gus Malzahn years we didn't have this much diversity across the board of different players getting in there and and showing what they got so I think it's it might be just like a head coach portion or maybe it's because of some of the coordinators but I definitely think we're putting more of a focus on development of the entire team and each individual uh, building up their own set of talents than we used to and I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree to that. Uh, there's a lot of um, new players that, like number 47, um, John Samuel Schenker, I guess. Um, <laughs> he's a big boy. He's 235 pounds. He he could be much more, I mean, if we needed him, um, Chandler, something ever happened to Chandler Cox or um, we, we put him in there. I feel like we could um, do some really cool things with him. Um as far as running our wide receivers, we had some issues, as you well know. There wasn't a whole bunch of production from the wide receivers. Uh, Ryan Davis, uh, he didn't play a whole bunch. Um, he he really in like the regular scrimmage. Um, the one play that uh, there, if you go on our Twitter, um, it's pretty much it's like a ten second clip of Ryan Davis just juking out Noah Igbenogany. Um, and it's amazing. Um, <laughs> it, it was just on their seven on seven drills at the very beginning. Um, but what, what do you think of our wide receiver situation? Do you see any of these guys stepping up, um, to be a big wide receiver for the next season? Uh, I'm, I'm not too worried. I know Nate Craig Myers, we were talking a lot about, uh, his ability and it looks good. We know Ryan Davis is excellent. Uh, and a lot of our wide receivers right now are injured, so they'll be back, which will be good. Uh, I was hoping to see a little bit more from Griffin King because I heard a lot about him. And uh, he caught a couple passes, nothing too spectacular, but then when the ball's being thrown three feet over your head, then <laughs> it's difficult. I think that uh, come time, like beginning of the fall, we'll be fine for the spring game. Definitely showed that we uh, were not 100%. So yeah. it is what is expected. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was only a handful of catches in the whole game. Um, and there were, there were a good number of drops. I mean, it's not all on the quarterbacks. It was raining out there, so it's a little bit harder to catch. Um, there was a great pass from Malik um, to Darius Layton. That was, I mean, it was a beautifully passed uh, ball from Malik. And I, I was like, Terry, why didn't you catch that? It was such a great throw. Um, Nate Craig Myers, uh, he made a great catch also from Malik. Um, but didn't, you didn't hear a whole bunch of him, uh, during the a day, uh, Marquise McLean was that huge catch, um, from Will Appleton, uh, Sal Canella. Um, he, he tried, he, yeah, he tried. He's, he caught more than I was expecting, which, and for the last season, he didn't make any catches. Um, so I guess that's <laughs> really low <laughs> expectations for me. But Honestly, uh, his yeah. stature playing tight end, he should be an excellent receiver. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I thought it was kind of interesting, the positions that we put him in. Like, I, I would never put him out in the flats and say, go beat this guy and catch the ball. 
that he's just not someone to run up underneath it. It's just not his, not his forte. But yeah, you, you want to throw tell. him around the middle, which he caught a few balls in traffic and did a good mm-hmm. job. Yeah. I think that's exactly where he needs to stay. Just right down yeah. the middle of the field type deal like a, like a normal tight end would and just have him abuse players. Yeah. I mean, he, you could tell he's not going to beat out a guy in a foot race. And that's what we were trying to use him as. Um, and maybe that's just the situation, but it's still like he, he wasn't able to beat out anybody. Um, like I'd much rather put a guy like Nate Greg Myers or somebody uh, that's quicker in those kind of routes. Um, and it just seemed like a little mismatch of like, why were we using him in that situation? Yeah. So he just had to run down to the ball. He, he beat the player. He ran a good route. Yeah. But he was not fast enough to get underneath the ball that was in the air. Yeah. And it happened a couple of um, times. So. All right. But before better we jump to make on in, those mistakes in spring. Yeah, and before <laughs> we jump on into our defensive conversation, um, I wanted to do like a transitional conversation about um, what you, what did you see as far as the stadium renovations going on? Now that we're we got to be inside the stadium, you saw some um, renovations happening. Like, what did you think of what we're doing um, in this off season to improve the stadium? You know, I've always had a dream of the stadium being a full bowl and like the upper decks completely closed in on the end zones. Yep. Okay. And I think we saw the potential beginnings of what that would look like with the facility over in the corner where it's going to be the new uh, location for broadcasting and uh, where all the recruiting is going to occur. Mm -hmm. It looks really cool up there, especially from where we were sitting. We were on, uh, the opposite side of the student section so we could have the band playing right at us. Nice. And you could like look up to the right and see it up there. Yeah. It was like a it was a glimpse of the future, I think. Which was really, really pretty interesting. And then they're doing a bunch of other things all over the place. Which I think is great because uh Jordan Hare Stadium is just a fantastic facility already and anything we can do to improve it just makes it better. Yeah. Um it looked really nice as far as like the structure. You can tell it's going to be really beautiful once everything gets finished in the next couple months. Um, I mean, it's supposed to be ready for the fall, um, getting ready completely for the football season. So we're ready to go. Um, one of the odd things, like I, I guess I wasn't expecting was the end zone under the huge jumbotron. Um, the South end zone was completely empty because they, we're doing construction under, so they were probably, I mean, it was also a low crowd, so they didn't really want anybody past that point. Um, I, I didn't realize that. And that also, because that end zone was pretty much completely shut down, uh, the the whole team had to go over to the visitor um, locker room, which <laughs> I thought was also kind of interesting. It was. Um, like you saw some videos of the players after the scrimmage, and I was like, "Man, those are some like crappy looking benches." Um, As they uh, should be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no visitor at, at Auburn should feel welcome. No, no, no definitely not. Um, yeah, um, I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really awesome. Um, I would, I, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a great thing for Auburn. Um, the the recruiting part of it, I can definitely see is going to play a huge role. I mean, the mock-ups of what it's going to be incredible. Um, and that, that area for the incoming players, uh, it's just going to give them one extra thing. Huh? Like Auburn really puts a lot of emphasis on their recruits. Um, and then they also even had the, I don't know, it's like the patio area, um, where you can see where that's going to be. Um, in the quarter of the stadium. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, we're going to say, hey, this isn't like we in the past, we've only just had like this one section in the end zone for the, the recruits and their families. But now we have like a patio area. There's also like a um, I mean, it's it's almost like a club area for these guys. Um, I think that's going to bode well um, in getting even better recruits in the future. Uh, all right, let's transition into our defense. Um, defense was a strong point of this whole uh, scrimmage. Really, honestly, has been for the whole spring practice. Um, what did you see out of these uh, out of the defense this, uh, in the spring game? 
I saw a tenacious, hungry D that was at full strength, even with some injuries, and made everyone on the offensive side of the ball look less than they are. Which, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's cool because a lot of Gus Malzahn teams have been very offensive, firepower-driven, and we we even, especially like as he was an offensive coordinator and then when he was initially a coach, we didn't expect the defense to be that great. And we just relied on the offense to kind of keep us going. But the yeah. defense over the past couple of years has kept us in games and won games for us, whereas the offense has still done well. But it's so it's so refreshing to see once again, and I don't understand how this keeps happening because we keep turning through great players, that the defense comes out, they play as a one complete unit, they're flying all over the place, the offensive line is getting blown up, they're in the backfield making sacks, throwing people down. Like, seriously, we could have a full-on highlight reel of just the hits that happened. There were... Those guys weren't playing around. They had some legitimate, like, smack a guy, pick him up, and throw him on the ground plays, which yeah. was crazy. You don't usually see that in, like, a spring game. Yeah. But that just shows how it doesn't matter if we're uh, playing in the rain on a Saturday in the spring or playing in the fall. These guys are going to give it 100% uh, day in and day out. And that was that was probably my biggest takeaway was that it doesn't matter what it is. These guys are going strong. They're going hard and they're not going to let you forget who you got hit by. Yeah. Or you might not be able to remember because uh, you're going to be laying <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. Hopefully not do hard against our own team, but it, some of them, some of them we're like, Oh yeah. Right. Like, yeah, we're not a lot of people there, but hits. there were a lot of people that did yell out a, uh, a big, old man. Yeah. Uh, and, thinking that could be some great big hits in this upcoming season yet again for this Auburn defense. Uh, one of the highlights from the defense was the safety. I would almost argue the safety where Joey Gatewood is into the end zone and uh, the defensive line is coming at him. He, he was, I could tell he was getting out of the end zone and it wouldn't have been a safety in a real game. But yeah, well, because, Gus was right there. Yeah, and Gus, Gus was in the, the end funny, zone. The funny thing was, all. he like immediately stuck up, stuck up uh, his two hands, and uh, he just said, "All right, sure, defense, made we're going to give you this one." Made the little safety symbol. Yeah, he was like calling out the refs. He was like, "No, that's a safety." <laughs> yeah, right. And the, even the refs were kind of tentative on it, uh, which give the defense a little bit of. Uh, a push. I mean that that kind of proves how good we were, and that was, I believe, pretty early in the game. That was the like first, first point. Quarter. Yeah, that first was. points yeah, yeah. was a safety. I was like, oh wow, that's what this day is going to be, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this defense, uh, like Ben, Ben, you and I and Kyle had this bet going in about the fumbles, like how many fumbles we're going to have. Um, I said three. Um, I think Kyle had two. Is that correct? And yep. he had four. I had four. I took the high. Technically, I, I think technically there were two. Yep. Um, but I counted but, four on the field. But I, I, yeah. Like, what were the other? Okay, so go through each one of them, um, and describe like why you say the the other two are should have been fumbles. Okay, so the first one was Miller. Uh, just a drop off from Willis. I know Willis yeah. was the one who had the the fumble attributed to him. I disagree. Malik mm-hmm. Miller just f- flat out dropped that thing. I don't know what he yeah. was doing. Carry it like it's a baby, not like it's a. I don't even know. Yeah, he, like I I even had it. in my notes, and this is before seeing any stats. I said uh, fumbled RPO from Malik Willis. Like I I attributed that one to Malik. Did you? Yeah, I disagree. Miller really? dropped that ball. He, he left so? it behind like it. Yeah, he left it behind like a stray puppy. Uh, okay. He, he needs to. He needs to take care of that dog. I mean, but that's I fine. Get, uh, we can disagree. Yeah. <laughs> the the second fumble that I saw was technically a muffed punt, but that was because Tut just doesn't know what he's doing, or at least he's didn't freshman. in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. 
Still, yeah. when you're the only player on the field and the ball is coming in the air on a punt, and yeah. I'm sure he's done this a million times. Oh, just yeah. Look it in, man. Yeah, look it in. Look it in. It, it took him three times to get it. He did get it. Yeah. I'll give him that. Good for him. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Way to go, Tut. But still, second fumble. Yeah, right. The third was Gatewood back yep. uh, really deep. Of course, he was getting pressured again by the first string defense. He did what they called was a tuck rule or whatever, which I think is garbage, but apparently Tom yeah. Brady made it a thing. So yeah, right. thanks, Tom. Jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he fumbled the ball, but a, supposedly it was tucking or whatever. And then Chambers, he just popped it out. That was yeah. just straight dropped it on the ground. Yeah, just straight dropped it. I mean, so, I, I, I think it, technically too, but I think you got you got it head on. You had four fumbles, which fumbling in a spring football game when it's wet, we were expecting it. Yep. But four, I mean, that just sucks to have that many. There honestly um, should have been two interceptions as well. So That's true. And, and I think both of those were either dropped or just – they should have happened. They were. It's just a messy game. Uh, yeah, not not a great game. Um, on our defense, was there anybody that ended up standing out to you? Uh, I'm sure there were, but no one in particular. Who who was your biggest one? Ooh, 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 I remember who. Nick Coe. Oh, yeah. Nick Coe was my biggest one. Yeah. I uh, mean, he was the guy who got the sack and uh, or two tackle for losses. Um, I mean, his pass rush, incredible. That guy. Bursting through uh, the line. He's, he's going to be a fantastic guy to watch um, in the next season. Who would you say? Uh, I mean, the easy one is Nick Coe. Um, a lot of people yeah, talk about Yeah, I took the him. easy one. Um, I was like, who? who is the biggest player that I thought was awesome? Yeah. Um, but I mean, even he had some, some guys that I, I wasn't honestly expecting to get a, get as much like big cat Bryant. You heard his name called out over the, um, and Jordan Herrick a few times. And that's exciting, um, to see a young guy like big cat. And I thought, I still think it's funny. Like my mom even like looked over at me and she was like, is his name really big cat? Like it's in the stat or the, the roster, <laughs> like big cat. I was like, I guess so. I mean, if that's if that's the case, Ben, would you argue should we put Booby in our roster? I feel like we should. Yes, we should. I mean, if the big cat is in there, we're gonna put Booby. I definitely think we should. I I don't understand why it wasn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, Gus after the game said Booby. He did. Like we were waiting. It's we were waiting on him. Four to minutes and thirty-seven say it. seconds into the press conference. Yep. He said, "Yeah." Booby's got that ability. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get the get the sound bite and I'm just gonna play it on here. Do it. Anytime we mention uh, him, Booby's got the ability. Got this. Booby's got the ability. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, uh, and then we had a couple of times um where where I was expect I mean, a lot of these linebackers and defensive line were getting such good push. Um even like Daryl Williams, who's a linebacker. Um, broke up a pass at the line. Um, just got a really good push on the offensive line. Um, Big Cat Bryant did the same thing. Got some really good push. Um, he even tackled a running back for a loss. Um, Marlon Davidson, um, he also batted the ball down. I mean, there were some fantastic plays that are that in the future, like I expect to see even more um, where these balls – it's predictable almost like it's going to be like a screen pass. The defensive lineman gets in the way and bats the ball down. Um, it's really, really great to see that. Um, what did you see uh, as far as our special teams? Um, the We talked about Christian Tut not doing so great punt returns. Um, uh, the highlight is going to be Aiden Marshall. Um, For sure. What else did you see from our special teams? Uh I saw that Asa Martin would be great back there receiving punts, and I'd put him probably on kickoffs too. And uh, I don't know. The, the one thing that I was disappointed about, and I probably shouldn't be because when you run a live kickoff or a live punt, you run the the risk of getting someone injured, and we definitely don't need any more of those. 
but I'm man, I was hoping that we would have like a live type of kickoff coverage and yeah. like punt return. I was I was just really hoping for that, and it didn't happen. And I guess it's a good thing because then uh, Sir Tut would be knocking the ball all over the place and getting embarrassed on on the field. But Asa Martin and Ryan Davis, I think they are the answer to catching and and returning, which I don't think we had too much of a question of. It was just who were we going to plug in there. The coverage yeah. is really what I'm interested to see, and it looks like we're going to have to wait mm-hmm. until uh, fall time frame before we actually do see that. So I just hope we get it together before Washington. Yeah, we better get it together before Washington because that was that was the issue that we had last season. Yeah, we've got a coach more devoted to special teams. Um and I think that'll that'll pay us some dividends um this in this coming season. Uh as far as our punting game, we had Aiden Martian Aiden Marshall and uh, Ian Shannon uh both punting uh, last season we started off with Ian Shannon, um, didn't do so hot. He was averaging, I think, like a little under 40 yards per punt all last season. Um, and then Gus decided to go with Aiden Marshall for the second half of the season. And Aiden Marshall, uh, he was consistent, um, usually over 40 yard per punt. Um, and he did a good job of putting hang time under the ball, um, where it was pretty rare for there to be any kind of punt returns. Um, one thing that I also we need to keep in mind is uh, we don't have our and I, I'm going to argue it's probably going to be our punter for next season. Um, Aaron Sapos, um, he's that Australian punter. Um, yeah, I was he's going to be him. coming in. Say what? I was looking for him on the depth chart. I was like, where is he? What's his name? Yeah, yeah, he's going to be coming in for uh, this next season. Um, so get, I think he's probably going to be the guy that we end up. Um, putting back there to punt the ball um, unless he just is a huge flop. And then we probably go back to Aiden Marshall. Yeah. Aiden Marshall had a really weird kick. The one that, that landed really close to the line. It, it was, it was good, but he pinned him deep. The thing that was mm-hmm. weird was when he went to go kick it, he like jumped backwards. Did you see that? No, I didn't know. So was, as soon as he kicked it, he bounced back or jumped backwards. Yeah. He was like, I guess it was to kick it high and short or something like that. But Could he be. was like falling backwards as he was kicking it. I was like, I wonder what, if, what weird form. Hmm, interesting. Like, uh, I mean, it, when you're punting the ball, maybe the trajectory he was trying to get was further up. And because of that, he. Yeah, that was my guess. Back, I guess. But hmm. I don't know. It was, it was unlike a punt that I've seen. Huh. And uh, okay. yeah, it, it turned hmm. out really well. So more yeah, power to I mean, him. He, yeah, it hit like right on the five. Did almost like a uh, somebody in the Masters stuck in the ground, got some rollback a few yards, and it was beautiful. Um, I mean, do that in a game, and we're gonna be praising you. Yeah. Um, as a punter, for sure. Um, yeah, special teams very solid. Uh, Anders Carlson, he hit four four. Um, with the longest of 54 yarder at the end of the game, uh, he's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, he, if he's already nailing those in a day, um, it's going to be a fun season watching him make some really long field goals, um, and maybe even one upping his brother Daniel. Um, he could do it. I have faith in he him. He could do it. I think even okay. Yeah, you know, but I'm honestly, I mean, he did. I'm honestly questioning the pronunciation of Anders Carlson. Is it really Anders Carlson? Because I even think I heard the PA announcer say Anders. I did too. And I, I'm curious what it's going to be, if it's actually Anders or Anders. If we've been saying it wrong, then they need to rename the bookstore, and I don't think they're going to do that. So I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, then also think about this. My mom pointed this out, and I thought, why haven't I thought of this? If his parents are such big Alabama fans, his grandparents are big Alabama fans, why would you name it Anders? Like, maybe Anders Bookstore wasn't a thing when he was born, but it had to have been. pretty sure That's Anders Bookstore has been bookstore. around. Uh, I don't know. I just <laughs> thought that was very ironic. Like, his name is Anders, um, and yet his parents are Bama fans. Yeah. Okay. I I agree. That 
did not make much sense, but it's a pretty cool yeah. name. Yeah. Um, did you have any other final thoughts uh, before we go? I did. Yeah, you know, Booby's got that ability. I mean, he. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gus. <laughs> uh, yeah. Besides that, you know, it a uh, as a glorified spring game, as uh, one of the other Richardsons. Yeah, E2C Network likes to say, uh, it it was still super fun, and even in the rain, everything else was great to be back in Auburn, and just to see me more excited for you know the fall that's coming up. Yeah, um, yeah, this it's kind of like a weird way to go out as far as uh watching a spring game and not having a whole bunch to cheer for, um, but remember it's a spring game. You're not gonna. Uh, have all of the flashiness of what you're going to see out of a Gus Malzahn or Chip Lindsay offense. They're not going to show their cards. They're not going to tell you what they're going to do this far in advance. Um, so we, we got to just kind of take a step back and realize this was a practice. He was getting new guys in there that have less experience, give them some experience. And that, that, that in and of itself is totally worth it for me. Um, to have younger guys ready to play because as we've seen with this spring practice, there's a lot of injuries that happen. We need to be ready and have those guys that are behind ready to go, uh, step in there. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to say, and this is a, a cool shout out. Um, we, at the end, we usually give a shout out to, uh, team mad 34, um, and he was one of the original people um, of the E2C network getting us started. Uh, and uh, this past Saturday, um, he got married. Um, so that was whoop, whoop. pretty awesome um, to see uh, that he got married. Um, excited for him and his uh, wife. Um, so really, really cool to see uh, him. Um, but uh, let's get this thing wrapped up. Um, any other final thoughts for you, Ben? No, sir. I, uh, I'm happy. I wish we'd seen the eagle fly. No, yeah, that would be cool. But I wonder, I wonder if they fly the eagle when it's raining like that. Even if it was like, say, a football game, like they, a regular football game. I, I don't think I've ever been to a game where we didn't fly the eagle, and I know I've been to some very wet games before. That's what I was thinking. So, maybe it was just because it was a day. But don't we usually fly the eagle? I, I was know. hoping we would, but I don't. I'm trying to remember from past eight days if we do. It's weird because we we only sang one of the American songs. Which was the national anthem. We didn't do like God Bless America. Is that re- Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was like, what are we missing here? Yeah. And then we didn't yeah, fly the eagle. We usually do God Bless America at the beginning and then go into the national anthem. Yep. That's what it is. Thank you for setting that straight. I was like, this is not pregame. Yeah. What are we yeah. doing? Yeah. Where's my well, eagle? Well, and then the band... <laughs> And maybe it was, again, I'm trying to remember if the band normally does their walkout, like they do, they do the uh, pregame kind of stuff where they march around the field. Like they, I don't remember them doing any kind of thing like that. Maybe that's because it was wet and there was also renovations of where they would normally come out um, in that south end zone. Could be. I don't know. Maybe we're just too um, spoiled from the, the real game experience. So true. Like that. that is... It's still amazing to me that like 300, 400 band members come out of that tiny tunnel and do that within, I think it's like under 30 seconds. It's pretty impressive. so quick. And yet nobody gets injured. Nobody falls down. Like it's just everybody goes out very orderly. Um, It's crazy. Looking forward to the second game of the season, man. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. Um. Yeah, and Ben, uh, can you give the people some, a way of getting in contact with you? Oh, sure. So, I am anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. DM me. <laughs> DM you. Sign to your DMs. Real smooth. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. I also run the UTC account, so uh, go over and follow us on Twitter. would really appreciate it. Uh, and as always, we're Eagle. We're Eagle. Yeah, we always find our way back home. 
That's going to do it for this episode on the E2C Network. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our show. A couple reminders for you listeners before we head out today. If you're interested in joining the E2C Network team, make sure you give us an email at e2cnetwork at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to discuss that with you. Also, make sure you're checking out the variety of episodes on our podcast we have coming out each week, as well as our blog post on e2cnetwork.com. Specifically, make sure you're checking out Facebook Live sessions that we have called E2C Live and Auburn Fan Chat, where you, the listener, can get involved in the show and have your voice heard. If you're interested in connecting with us and giving us feedback, there are a variety of ways to do that. First, go online to iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play. Please subscribe there and give us reviews there as well. It helps spread the show and lets us know how we're doing. If you're looking to find us on social media, you can do so at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even YouTube. Just type in E2C Network and that'll get you there. Once again, our email is E2Cnetwork at gmail.com and our website E2Cnetwork.com. And I want to thank the Auburn BCM and the Auburn Uniform Database once again. And thank you, the listeners, for tuning in each and every week. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. <laughs>